Welcome to Pin the Q Productions. If you are interested in the culture of the fire service and keeping tradition alive, you have come to the right place. Now sit back and relax with your brothers and sisters and enjoy the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For more information on Pin the Q Productions, visit www.pintheq.com. Everyone, welcome back to Pin the Q Podcast, episode 33, here at the Manchester Volunteer Fire Department. And I'm here with a pretty special guy that uh, a lot of you may know, and if you don't know, they're about to find out. They're about to find <laughs> out who you're yeah. all about. Right. So uh, on this episode, um, I thought it was important to bring you on and talk about some important topics. And one of the things we talked about before we got on the show was a lot of people don't know about specific benefits that, that are out there for firefighters and firefighter families. So I thought, how better than to bring it to them? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's cool. You know, it's, I, I watched the show a few times and I it really enjoyed it. And Good. You get to listen to different people and, and what's going on. Yeah, that's the best part of the show is meeting, you know, individuals like yourself and meeting people across the Jersey and out, outside of Jersey. You yeah. know, it's, it's a good time. But before we get too far into this, make sure you tell everybody who you are. I'm Joe Hankins. I'm the vice president of the New Jersey State Farmers Association. And if you don't believe that, I just shaved off my mustache. So. I know. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was disappointed. I, I got I here and it's, your mustache was gone. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> it's okay. That's It'll grow just back. The way, yeah, it will. In November. It has before. Yeah, it, November. At least in November, it's got to come back, right? Yeah, you. definitely. So, Joe, so. Um, before we get started talking about the association, which um, I'm excited to learn more about that, uh, I always start every show almost the same. You know, you can almost put a clock to it. How did all this start for you? How did you become a firefighter? You know, it, with me, my family moved, well, I don't know if you saw the beginning, the firehouse all the way at the corner of Manchester Street and Commonwealth, just one small bay. That's where the firehouse started. And uh, my family moved here in 1969. We actually were the only house on the street right behind the firehouse. And what was cool is the firehouse had a pool table. Very and nice. I was nine years old. That was some commute to try to get to the firehouse, huh? <laughs> and my parents knew if... You know, I had the same rule everybody else had. If you know the front porch light, porch, porch light is on, you better be home. Right, right. And uh, a couple times I missed that, but my parents knew I was over the firehouse, so yeah, they didn't know, have to go I, far uh, to find you. Yeah, <laughs> ten or twelve years old, I'm shooting pool with a bunch of the guys at the firehouse. So do you recall was, those memories? Oh yeah, it was yeah. a good time. The, the, the guys were all neat. You know, it was it, it was definitely fun. Much different, around. much different time. You know. Yeah, yeah, and they only had three fire trucks. You know. Yeah. They had a brush truck they kept outside. They had this Mac and uh, a GMC, 57 GMC. A lot different. It was in here now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of modern equipment, a lot of good good stuff yeah, in here Yeah, definitely. I was impressed with, uh, with your arsenal equipment here. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So what year did you actually join? Uh, 1976. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so. What, what's it, what, was it, what was it like in 1976 here? Hey. It was good, you know. They, they, the bingo was the big thing with them, and I was a junior member, and you know, it, you couldn't handle the money, but you could help park the cars. The car. Yeah, you oh, did God. whatever you could do, you know. Yeah, just to make sure bingo worked, and that's you know, a lot of the guys were like, I wasn't assigned to bingo team because I was a junior member, but you know, I, I was here every week because I had nothing else to do. You're in the middle of the pine barrens, you know. There was yeah, it was so lonely here when when trick or treat came out. I went out the back door. 
came around to the front, knocked on the front door. <laughs> you know, that, that, there was no other houses on this, this street here. So it's funny. <laughs> it's was, so different now. Yeah. You know, when you when you talk about bingo, I, I unfortunately I don't have great memories because um, or pleasant memories. I should say, bingo. I have many memories of bingo, but yeah. it was terrible. Yeah. The older ladies were so mean. You know, and yeah, it was like. They, they, you had to park them. You had to, oh yeah, all the you, you weren't. Never one was. No one was ever fast enough yeah, for you. You know, yeah. they had like a million cards. Yep. Oh yeah. god, it was you're crazy. Calling too fast. You're calling too slow. Shake yeah. up the balls. It's <laughs> nonstop. And the difference was, we were juniors, but we were like intimately involved in all of the process. Like we had to, like I said, pick up all those chairs, all those tables, all yeah. you know. Was wash nuts. the tables every night. Yeah. Wash yeah. the floor. Sweep the floor. Wash the floor. Yeah, yeah. I don't, they don't do it anymore. Luckily, but yeah, we don't do it here either. Yeah, uh, Whiting, Whiting started it back up, and and they're making money with it, and that's good. Yeah. I, Atlantic City killed us. You know, it seemed like the bus trips and everything. Everybody was running down there, and that's true. Never even thought of that. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it it got to the point where we were making twenty bucks a night, and the guys are like, "Well, cheap and chip in five bucks and stay home." You know, <laughs> I'll do that to stay home. Yeah. So. So, you know, I, I like asking uh, guys that started early on, you know, looking back at how it was then compared to how it is now, how is it different? How is the fire service different in your eyes? You know, there's definitely a lot more responsibility, I think. You know, uh, the, the trucks, the maintenance of the trucks, maintenance of Scott Packs, you know, down here the other day they were doing flow tests on the, the Scott Packs. Used to be, you picked up the Scott Pack. If you got air, air out of it, you were good. You right. know? And if you didn't, go to the next Scott Pack or, you know. Uh, so you think the regulation right is one of the major. I, well, yeah. And I think the responsibility, you know, as a yeah. chief, you got to make sure the equipment's 100%. There's no, no opportunity for failure. You know, somebody right. dies, you're in, or gets hurt, you know. And, and that was there back then, but it didn't seem like it happened. You know, the Scott Packs were like, very rarely used or we had we had jiffy the officers would have it was a jiffy pack it was like a 15 minute pack yeah if you remember i remember those strap it over your shoulder so uh you know that was a way to go you know it was and you just went in you used it when you needed it and you came out you know it was never uh like now you push you know as soon as they get in a smoky condition hey put that scout on make sure you got scout on right so uh you know i think that's changed a lot the, the awareness Obviously, the cancer awareness you know, right. with the yeah. Firemen's Association, we're trying to push a lot of uh, different screenings that are going on. And, and, you know, we can't, I don't have anything that I can release right now, but we're working with the hospital to get, just like the, the Deborah runs the heart program. That Bougio program, right. Bougio program. Right, we're, right. we're working with a hospital right now to try and have them lock into a cancer screening program. Wow, that's phenomenal. We're hoping yeah. by September we'll have that all put together. So, uh, you know, it, that's to me that's a huge huge benefit you know when i walked around before and took a look at the apparatus and you know uh when i first met you we were in the old in the uh, the, the bingo hall the bingo hall <laughs> the bingo hall yeah um and you know i i saw you looking at you know a couple different trophies and then the plaques and stuff and then an uh, older gentleman came in and you had a conversation with him and oh, he, yeah, he told, yeah. you know what is it about this company that's special to you just the guys you know i, I come in now and, you know, obviously I, have, I still have gear. They bought me new gear. Um, and, you know, it's still hanging because nobody else has a size 15 foot, I think. But <laughs> if, if somebody shows up and needs that, they're more than welcome to, to grab it if there's right. wet or dirty. But, 
you know, I, I think what's special is the family, the bond. You know, you have these, these guys, you know, and, and I see people coming in that, uh, you know, oh, that's Mr. Hankins, that's Mr. Hankins. You know, and to me, I'm just another guy. I'm not one of the firemen, you know. I, right. I throw the bunkers on the same way. And in fact, I hadn't ridden on one of the newer trucks and, in a while. And we the, the call came in, and it was uh, the elementary school. I always try to make, the, you know, Anything, a school bus accident, right. you, if, I don't care what I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to that. So I get in, I throw the Scott back on, and, and I go to get out of the truck. Like we used to just pull out, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't get out of this thing. What's going on? And he's like, between your legs. So yeah. I had to pull the thing, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, holy smokes. What? I would have been snuck in here. And, and again, that, that <laughs> kind of brings it back to those, some of those changes, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, I don't, I don't come down as much as I should in drill, you know, and that's why. I had somebody else move the ladder when you wanted the ladder moved. I got checked out on it, but since it's been here, I haven't operated it. And I'm like, right. the last thing I want to do is put that thing through the, the front door. <laughs> yeah, that's never that's never, <laughs> that's a, good never thing. a good deal. Yeah, that's never a good thing. So, so over the years, you know, you're seeing the transition between how it was and how it is, and different faces and people coming and going. You yeah. know, what keeps people in in your opinion? What what keeps people here? What keeps people here and keeps well, it going? I think it's the bond that they have with the other guys, and I think it's the the, the commitment to the community. They want to be involved. Right. You know, we'll, we're seeing guys that, uh, and, and girls, guys and girls, but, you know, they'll, they'll come out of the military, and they're still fairly young. They're in good shape, and they want to give give to the community, and that's what, you know, our military does for us every day. And, and you know, when just because they retired doesn't mean they don't have a place. You know, they want to come back, and they want to be involved. And uh, I think that's huge for them to be able to come back and once they get through firefighter training and, and you know, and, and jump on that and, and they stick, they stick with it. They, you know, and the other thing is when you get a junior member to come in, uh, I see less and less junior members, but when you, you look back now, the majority of the chiefs have all started as junior members. You know, you, Fred Fritz, Joe Hal Jr., uh, myself, Tom Ash, you know, we all were junior members and, and worked our way through and stuck with it. And I think that's, you know, I think a part of it is you got to get people while they're young and get them through uh, the academy. I think the academy's growing in length and it's, you know, it's tough for a working guy. Definitely a guy with two jobs, he's, he's barely going to be able to do it. Right. So. And, that, and that's, you know, that's across the board, you know. Yeah. E even, you know, firefighters and career houses are working a second job. And yeah. Sometimes two, two yep. jobs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, def it's definitely a trend that's uh, it's following us. It's an unfortunate trend right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things I was trying to talk with uh, the sheriff and, the, and one of the freeholders is to try and get uh, a program in the, the vocational school because Ocean County is kind of unique. We have some vocational classes right on the fire academy grounds. Yeah, there's a law enforcement uh, right. aspect. And that's what they're doing there is the, the, the class one police officer. Right. You know, so I think if we could, you know, what drives me crazy is there was a big issue with the junior members running saws, running uh, power equipment. But if if it's a shop class, a shop teacher can have a kid running a bandsaw, table saw, circular saw. Such a good point. All kinds of crazy stuff. They can work on a car with a fan running, you know, the, the motor and the fans running. But when you throw the fire instructor aspect into it, now we can't run saws. And it, to me, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's, think, that's such a good point. You yeah, know, I never so, even thought of that. So that's true. When I'm, you know some of the meetings I get to go to, I hear all the sides, and, and there's definitely some some legislators that are on our side that want to make it better for junior members to get this training. And uh, I think if we 
like I said, we have a unique environment here where I think we could have a fire marshal and we could have a shop teacher. And if they were both in Votech and they were getting that training, um, you know, the, you could have a high school kid go through Votech and maybe freshman, sophomore year get uh, EMT training out of the way, mm -hmm. then throw firefighter one in and, and you know, get as much as he can. And, and, and by the senior year, he could graduate with a firefighter certification and an EMT certification and walk out and get a job. Yeah. You know, and that's big. It is. That's I think, a big deal. I think it's huge. And it's funny you mentioned uh, vocational school. In high school, I went to Jackson Vocational School right. and I did electrical trades. Electrical. I did the same thing. Right. So that's funny. Yeah. Yep. Funny. And it was, so I remember. I remember you're wiring houses. Yeah. You're, you're hooking it up. Yeah, Romex and you yeah. get electrocuted was fine. Yeah. You get <laughs> but, <a> little, <laughs> but you can't go to the fire academy. Yeah. That, that's so, such a good point. You know, I think that's something that we need to work on, and the Department of Labor is working with the Division of Fire Safety to try and, and iron this uh, working papers thing out. And, right, right. You know, so I think I think we're going to make some progress sometime this year. I hope, and uh, we have some some legislators in our corner that are going to produce some legislation that should make it a little bit easier for that to happen. So that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting when you put it like that. You know. It, it makes a lot of there's, sense. There's, yeah, I can run a bandsaw, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I can't run a chainsaw, you know, in yeah. a controlled environment. They're both controlled environments. Exactly. That, and that's there, the point there's, here. There's it is not, controlled, right? Yeah, there's not one academy instructor that would ever want to put anybody in harm's way. And I, I think back when I was a junior member, um, you know, in Beachwood, they, they were right on us. We yeah. couldn't do anything without those guys being right on top of us, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I couldn't think of a time where, you know, we would do something stupid to get us hurt. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. you have, you, listen, any occupation, any vocation, any industry, whatever, if you're going to freelance, things are bad things are going to happen. happen. Yeah. But if you're being supervised and, and things are going the way they're supposed to go. And you well, have rules. You know, Manchester, we, we were able to ride the trucks. Uh, some departments, they don't let them ride the trucks. And it's probably, you know, I don't know. I, I was supposed to stay around the truck and... We had a chicken coop fire out in uh, Pleasant Plains. We call them our substation. Thing. Yeah. They, uh, you know, we've always gotten along well with the Pleasant Plains guys, but we mutually did this chicken coop fire. And the guy's like, uh, you know, I get off the truck and I'm, I start to go up by the chicken coop and they had their truck a little bit closer. And, I'm, you know, I'm just watching because I'm a junior. And, and boom, the 55-gallon drum shoots through the roof. He's like, <laughs> Get back in that truck. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, he told me that. Yeah, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a reason he told me to stay <laughs> by the truck. By the truck. Yeah. <laughs> His 55 gallon drum with no bottom, you know, flying through the air, came yeah. through the roof and lands in the field. And I'm like, oh man, this is serious. Yeah. I, I have a similar story. I, we were on the parkway. You know, we had a, a crash in the parkways of triple fatal. And they, you know, I remember the chief at the time was uh, Jim Curry. And he said, stay by the truck. Don't, don't come over here. You know, don't go in. You know, you don't, you don't listen. You know, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you want to see what's going peak, on. You yeah, know? You see what's so, uh, I, you know, I, we got over there, and at that point, you know, the recovery effort was already on its way, you know. So I looked at, I was looking in there with the medical examiner, and, and then, you know, he grabbed me by my jacket. He's like, what are you doing? I told you not to go over there, you know, for a reason. And, then, <laughs> you know, for like three yeah. weeks, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I've seen just yeah, three yeah. people in the car and oh, stuff at a young age, you know, yeah, yeah, 17 right. years old. And it, it's funny. Yep, yeah. It sticks with it's you. It's similar, yeah. I, yeah. It's, that's... You know, it's funny. It's funny in one way. I never drove after I've been drinking. You know, it was like always because one of the first calls I'd gone on was a you know a guy that wrapped an oak tree with a big Bel Air four door. You know, and you'd think that thing wouldn't move, but 
his foot was facing the wrong way and it was up by his hip. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, know? yeah. You get those certain calls you see, they did like, like, like life lessons. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like instant life guy, lessons. Yeah. But meanwhile, to go back to school and pretend like everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never worked. No, nah, no. Nah. But people have no clue. Yeah, absolutely. So you were telling me a pretty cool story about this uh, beautiful the piece behind 1941 you. 1941 Mac. Yeah. It's yeah. this, uh, this was a truck we bought from Mount Holly. Um, they they were done with it, and uh, we picked it up from Mount Holly, and uh, it was it was here for a long time, and then it didn't get used as much as it probably should have. But one of our members had moved down south to Georgia, and he asked if we were using it because there was no fire protection down where he was. Zero, he to, right? And he wanted to start his own fire company. No and kidding. So uh, the chief at the time, uh, oh, uh, John. Uh, yeah. Chief John. Chief John, right? Yeah. That's what, uh, at any rate, they they set it up through the base. They they picked, got a C one thirty, and there's actually there was photos of it. They backed it into the C one thirty, and that is so cool. Down to Georgia, and they then they pulled it off. John Monica, see, it see? comes to me. It, it, that's what happens at our age. You know, <laughs> yeah. start to... So uh, so he started his fire company, and, you know, and I guess he did what he did for a long time, and and it got to be like it was probably. 15 years ago now, Joe Howe was chief, and he's like, what a good what guy. about the Mac? Yeah, Joe's, Joe's, such Joe's a good cool. Guy. Yeah, do anything for you. Um, so he uh, he reaches out to them in Georgia, and they're like, yeah, we still got that fire truck. You want it back? It's sitting in the garage. It's kind of a pain in the neck. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> of course we want it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want it back. So we uh, they, they, they arranged the transport, and uh, they brought it back by ground, and uh, I said they want to tax the uh, military twice, but <laughs> so we get it back here, and and the part of the story I didn't tell you was we still had the original title. They never titled it when it was no Georgia. Kidding. You don't have to title your fire trucks down there. So we had the original title, we had the original license plates, and we had the registration from like 1961 or that something. That is so cool. So they went down to DMV, and the lady's like, "I never saw one of these. It was you know it was the no fee back in the day. You had no fee registrations." So the registration was still valid. It was valid forever. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, so the lady's like, well, you got the title, the registration. The you don't need anything. Yeah. Well, they, they don't do that. They, everything's, you know, they don't do the uh, the non-expiring registration anymore. So yeah. So they did flip that, you know, and, and it was kind of cool. Put the QQ they, plates on it. Yeah. They threw, the, they threw it all together. That's pretty neat. How I mean, special is it? You get it back. It's cool. It's really yeah. nice, you know, and, you know, like, Probably most companies, it, it becomes the funeral truck. You know, mm -hmm. if you if you want to get your final ride on the Mac, then that's what you get. You know, right? Right. So somebody goes in the hospital, and oh, make sure the Mac's running. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely so, beautiful. It I mean, is. It's, it's, a, know, it's a beautiful. They rig. did a, such a great job of storing we, uh, and bring it back. You know, it's funny because I remember as a kid, they welded diamond plate on top of the running boards, but they left the running boards original. They just tacked Put the diamond on plate on top to right. make it rough. And I remember the guy doing that, and uh, he said, in case you ever want to pull it off. And I'm like... Smart. And it was. It was, it was huge. Super and, smart. Um, you know, we ended up running this. After we got it, we ran it down to Lee. He's another great guy. Did, yeah, does, they do phenomenal does, work. Does great yeah, work. Yep. Uh, you know, every detail is, is looked at when, when they threw this together. And this truck has, it has points, and it has a magneto. There's two different switches, so you can either run off the magneto or the points, and we ran the uh, title out, not the title, the VIN number. Mac keeps uh, very good records, and this was like the 
third, third from last truck that was made before they switched over to making vehicles for World War II. No kidding. So, yeah. So you can, like the Mac has a museum that you can run your serial numbers through them and they'll, they'll give you information back. And That is pretty like, cool. Yeah. This was three, three vehicles away from the switch over to making World War II trucks. That, that is pretty unique. Yeah. yeah. It's neat. Yeah, and especially because, you know, you guys have a piece, a historical piece in your house. Yeah. You know, I talk to a lot of firefighters, obviously, and, and, and they, so many guys tell me, man, we're so stupid we got rid of this truck or got rid of yeah, that truck. Yeah. And, you know, looking back and looking now, it seems like f- funny as it is now in 2020, there's so much emphasis now on getting back our old, old stuff tr- old and stuff, preserving yeah. our pieces and, well, and making history. When we started, when Manchester Fire Company started, I wasn't around, obviously, but uh, we used the Diamond Rio that Pleasant Plains has. And the deal was they sold it to us for a dollar. Do you ever get rid of it? We want it back. Well, the Diamond Rio is still at their station. I guess it's in the, the garage in the back. That's cool. So, yeah, they got it back, and, you know, they were glad. We were glad to have it when we had it, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, the guys used it, and it's cool, you know, that we work together like that. And that's why I said Pleasant Plains. We've always worked well with Pleasant Plains. They're, they're a neighboring town and neighboring company, and, you know, they're always there for us, and we're there for them. That, that's what I'll, I'll say, you know, about this area. Everyone's always willing to, to pitch in and help each other no matter what. Your patch says yeah, it yeah, doesn't no, really I, matter around here. No, yeah. it, it doesn't. You it, know, whatever you need, if we got it, it's yours, you know. Yeah. We'll make it work. Is there any one person here, um, looking back at your, your time in Manchester, is there any one person that comes to mind for, like, that was always there for you? Yeah, the guy that was always cool to be around was Paul Copenhaver. And I know his son's, I think, in Beechwood right now. Yeah. Uh, but Paul Copenhaver Harley. was, yeah. Yeah, yeah Harley. And it's, like great. He's he, a great kid, too. Is he? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. He Harley's, looks a lot like his dad. I've yeah. seen him a couple times. I'm like, holy smokes. That's, yeah, Harley's a great kid. Yeah. He's but a lieutenant, I believe. Paul Copenhaver. And, you know, he always reminded me, like, the, the, the guy, one of the guys on the Beatles, because he was always wearing the, the skull cap. And, <laughs> you know, but he was, he was a neat guy. And always cool to be around. And, you know, he was always showing you what, why to do this, you know, not only just how to do it, but why, you know, and, right. and if you don't do it right, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And those were the questions, those were the days when you didn't ask you why, didn't ask you just why. did it. Yeah, you did, <laughs> right, but he was, you know, he knew it was probably important for everybody to understand it, you know, and I, I, that's cool. To me, it was always cool. He was, I was a junior member, but he treated me like a regular guy, you right. know, so there was no, no issues, you know, like, oh, you're a junior member, you don't get to know this, you don't get to do that. There was, it was never that way. Good. That, you know, that's good. That's it's, important. It's cool. yeah. 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 And it's funny because you remember that. It yeah. Stuck I, with try to, I try to treat people the same way here. It's like, you know, like Mr. Hankins, says, what, is my dad here? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, it's Joe, all good. Joe's here. Joe's here. <laughs> it's just Joe. <laughs> so tell me how, uh, you know, you mentioned to me that you were a chief at one time. Right. Yeah. Tell me yeah. what that was like I mean, for you. Was that was that something like obviously you 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 got up into the line, you know, became yeah. a lieutenant and that whole transition. What was it like for you to be chief? It was it was good. It was, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I was assistant chief for eight years under Bill Barron. Bill Barron was another great guy. Did did a lot of progressive stuff, and uh, you know, it's, and it got to the point where you know you're assistant chief and. He, he'd been chief for a while, and I was like, well, what do you think, Bill? And he's like, well, if you think you're ready, you know, go for it. And, and that's what we did. And, you know, I ran, and, and I had a good time. We, you know, we've always been progressive with training. I think that's the, the huge part of anything is if you train enough, you know, and you do it 
in good weather. And, you know, to me, like some guys will say, oh, you got to, you know, you're going to practice ladders in the rain and the snow. No, you, you practice when it's dry. You do it, you do it, you do it, you know, and, and, and the old adage, uh, you know, don't practice till you get it right, practice till you can't get it wrong, you know. And, and then when you're doing this in foul weather, everything's going to fall together a little bit better, you know. So, um, you know, we used to we used to lay hose, you know, pack hose. You know, to me, I when I was a junior member, we would lay 200, 200 feet of hose. Well, you could lay 100 feet and still get the same tidal hydrant and, you know, and repack it. So, you know, you're trying to make some, some changes there. I was more involved, I think, with fire prevention, getting into the schools. That was that was huge for me. I think it was important to get the kids, you know, into the stop, drop, and roll. That was the whole big thing back then. Sesame Street was doing a lot of stuff with that. and So, you know, that was all that was all cool. I enjoyed doing that. And you know. I talked to a lot of firefighters that say that obviously their earliest and most fondest memories was fire prevention. Yeah. On yeah. both sides. I enjoy that with the kids. Not, not only, you know, being a firefighter and going to the schools and giving back and being part of that. Cause some, for some kids, that's the first time they ever see the firefighters. Yeah, yeah. But on the other, the other side of that, they recall being a kid in those classes with yeah. the fire department coming there, yeah. you know? So it's funny how it, that's neat. Yeah. it all comes back together, you know, in the, in the end. Yeah, it is cool. It's pretty interesting. I mean, when I was in school, the only time you saw the fire department was when somebody pulled the bell. They pulled the bell, right. <laughs> but, you know, and I try to use those as, you know, uh, I say recruitment tools, but like, you know, you see a mother with a couple of kids walking around the firehouse. I live across the street. You know, my address is pretty much public. It's on every website. You look, look, look up. But, you know, I, I'm, if I'm outside, I make it a point to come across to open the doors, let the kids see the fire trucks. We keep helmets in here, the plastic helmets. Yeah, that's smart. Show them the whole thing, you know, give them a helmet, you know, and, and you have the community's happy, the kid's happy, and, and, you know, maybe you made a fireman down the road, you know, 10 years from now, maybe he'll think about joining. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and that's, that, to me, that's cool stuff. Absolutely. So, Chief, um, one, of the, one of the reasons I really wanted you here to, uh, to talk to me was um, to talk about the importance of this association and what you guys have to offer um, firefighters and firefighters family. And I know um, that there are firefighters out there that have having a clue. Yeah. yeah. Having a clue what uh, what the association does. And, and that's something that comes up a lot of times. You know, people say, oh, it's like a secret society. We don't know what the relief does. And the relief is there for every firefighter that's in the relief association. It's it's tough to believe that this day and age we still have guys that join the firehouse and don't join the relief association. And, and the other side of that coin is some fire companies, the application to join their fire company is the relief application. So it gets sent in and, and you know, you're automatically in. Some guys are in it don't even know they're in it. Right. And, you know, and we get that with a lot of the paid departments, you know. But, uh, you know, once you're in, you, all it takes is that physical to get in. It's like, you know, you can go to, we changed the rules. We made it easier. You don't have to see a licensed physician. It's a physician, physician's assistant, or nurse practitioner. So you can literally go to like a Rite Aid or a walk-in clinic, get this physical, and and fill it out, get the chief to sign it, the township clerk, and, and send it in and, you know, that's all handled by the relief secretary. You don't have to do it. All you got to do is get your physical. The relief secretary takes care of everything else. But once you're in, we just recently changed the rules so that you can get up to $75,000 in relief if you if you need it. Every company straight across the board, we, we have what's your regular relief application, then we have a special relief application, and then there's a supplemental. Uh, 
so between all three of those, it, depending on how much money your association has, it goes up. But everybody that's in the association can get at least $7,500, which, you know, helps get you through to bind if something's going on. Um, so that's... And what's the process if, the, if, uh, if, if a member needs that? They, they would go to the local relief secretary or one of the trustees, the, the trustees. And that's where, you know, if it's a secret society, you don't know who these guys are. That's, that's where part of the problem is. But uh, everybody should know who the relief secretary is. Uh, we, we do have a couple of fire companies in Ocean County that, well, we, I think it's only one now that's not in the relief association. Uh, and why do you think that happens? I, years and years ago, they, the executive committee man was told, we don't, want any, we don't want anybody to give us money and then tell us how to spend it. And after that, you know, I've asked, I've called uh, as the executive committeeman for Ocean County. Jenny Hollingsworth has reached out to him as well. So, you know, I don't know why at this point they're not joining, but, you know, we made some significant changes to the Relief Association as well. You know, years ago, there was a guy that stood up and he yelled while I was in executive committees, why don't you do something first while we're alive? You know, you only give this death benefit. And that, I'm like, you know, he's got a, he's got a point, you know, I mean, to get relief, you really got to be, I don't say down and out, but, you know, lost your job, had a heart attack, the car engine blew up. Uh, you know, Sandy, one, one of the relief associations, when Sandy hit, they gave out over $200,000 to their members. And it, it, that's what we're for, you know, that that was a good good deed, you know, and that's what we want to see. But, um, you know, you don't have... One of the misconceptions is you don't have to like spend your retirement money. You don't have to sell out your 401k or your uh, your uh, low sap money. You know you don't have to pull all that retirement stuff uh, before you can get relief. Right. You shouldn't be sitting on a couple hundred grand. No, of course. But, right. But the same token, you know, That's if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you got kids and and you know things are going on and you lose your job or you ha you know have a medical event. We had one guy just recently, uh, you know, had a severe accident with his hand. He can't work. This is a guy that needs relief. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you break the leg, you get in a car crash. Anything that, you know, there's a million things that could happen. And so. what I think is important to realize here and understand is the fact that, you know, these members give up, you know, holidays, birthdays, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. endless things to be at the firehouse, to be sure. part of the fire department, to go and help and serve their community. This is a great benefit to them. It is. If they need it. Yeah, and that's, I think a lot of the younger guys don't think they need it. The other side of that coin is, you know, you want to get in when you're young. When, you, when you're first in the fire company, that's when you're putting the majority of your time in. Mm -hmm. Before the way, kids the, and the, the, yeah, responsibilities. Right. Of, the, the way the Firemen's Association works is you need 84 months of, right now we just dropped it to 25%. 25% of the meetings and drill, not meetings, the fire calls and drills. So once you have your 84 months, you're considered a, a qualified member. So that, that qualified member, he could literally never show up at the firehouse again, but he's, he's guaranteed relief, a burial benefit, and, and the newest program we have is the uh, health care program, which it started out to be like uh, home health care, but we, oh, it's been opened up. It's, it's health care. If you're in a nursing home, uh, somebody's coming into your house to help you or your spouse, you know, help you, the firefighter we, we, it's not open to spouses yet that's something that's been talked about but i don't know that we're doing enough for the firefighter yet we you know we, we're at two thousand five hundred dollars a month which is significant absolutely you know, come back if, if you're in if you're getting care in your home we're pretty much covering 30 days worth of care 
you know, during yeah, the day. Phenomenal. And it, I think that's a huge thing. Um, if you're in a nursing home with Alzheimer's, you're talking 10, 12 grand a month. So we're not touching that. I think, you know, I would like to see the association work towards getting somewhere around five grand before they think about including spouses. Because once, once you open the door for spouses, I think you have to include uh, dependent children. Mm. And, and that stuff goes on. You know, there's, 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 there are kids that can't fend for themselves. So once you, once you, once you step away from the firemen, because the relief association, as far as relief, you're, you're good for wives and dependent children, widows. So once the firefighter passes away, the widow can continue to get benefits. Oh, that's um, phenomenal. If there's a dependent child and there's a, a guardian over that child, that child can get relief as well. Wow. So, you know, that's something people don't think about, but it's it's there. And, you know, you, you for 84 months worth of service, it's like seven years, you know, it, it's, you're putting a lot of time in, but you know what, there is a benefit at the light end of the tunnel that, you know, I think is huge for a lot of people, could be huge for a lot of people. Yeah, and what's, what's crazy to me is a lot of people don't even know about this. Yeah. I mean, we have firefighters that, you know, are out there and maybe struggling right now and aren't taking advantage of these opportunities. And some of the, some of the stuff we see is, you know, save it for the widows, save it for the, you know, they don't want to, they well, don't you want to approach their people and you, say, hey, I could use some help. You know what it is, bro. It's that, you know, that type A personality right. that, you know, I'm, I'm helping, everybody I don't else. need help, that kind of thing. But, you know, in my opinion, I, I feel that whoever the relief secretary is in that particular company or wherever the line officers are, it's their job really to know their membership, yep. know their people. And if they see something's not right, ask. Yeah. <laughs> Pull them aside, say, hey, is everything okay? Yep. You know, you know, you know the That's signs. You want. can see. Sure. You can sure. see when someone's off or they need yep. help. Yeah. And I'm not talking about psychologically. I'm talking about, you know, monetarily. Yeah. You know, maybe yep. someone's really in, in could, the bucket. You could see it. And, you know, yeah. there's a story I could relay. You know, I, like I said, I live across the street from the firehouse. There, there was a, one of our fire mem- members pulls into the firehouse. You know, we go, we go to the fire call. I come back, and I see him walking down the road with a gas can. There's a gas station down here in the uh, Commonwealth. And I didn't think about it. But then I see him walking back putting gas in his car. I got, I got a shed with a five-gallon gas can in it. The firehouse, you know, he, I was like, why didn't you just ask for gas? I, you know, I would have gave you five gallons. He's, well, I don't want to put anybody out. I'm like, here's a guy. <laughs> he took time out of his own day to go to a fire call, right? And and it's, he, you know, he's one of those. Back in the day, you could leave your keys in the car, and the car is running. Yeah. And he ran out of gas because we were on a call longer than he thought, you know. And you know, it just, I was, I would, it could never absorb that. It's like, I was, I don't know if I was chief assistant chief at the time, but I'm like, we would have give you gas out of the fire truck gas can, you know. I mean, you're at a fire call. Or I would give you gas from my house if you didn't want to take firehouse gas. It's you know to me, yeah. we're here for you. We're here for each other. And and he was like, no, I don't. I'm not going to put anybody out. I'm not going to ask for nothing. But that but that's and what that's we do. I is. mean, really, yeah. it, it's it's like pulling teeth. They ask people if they're okay, if they need things. I mean, right. you know, there's so many great things happening right now in the fire service as far as you know, mental health awareness and and cancer prevention yeah. and all these great things that are. But then we have a benefit here that hey, if you're falling down, we'll pick you up. Yeah, and no one's taking. Not that many people are taking advantage of. Yeah, and you, that's it. you know we can't put we can't make everybody whole, but we can at least get you out of the, you know, pick you up a little bit, and you know, and and that's what you want. You know, these people don't ask for it. You can't 
force it down their neck. Of course, right. You, know, you want to see it. And there's, you know, the burial benefit, uh, it's $12,000. And, and if it's a line of duty death, it's triple that. Okay. Um, but, you know, obviously nobody ever wants to use that. But when I came in the, the fireman's, when I joined the firehouse, that was a $3,000 burial benefit. Now it's 12000 You know, you always tell people, join. Who knows where this will be 20 years from now? You know, when when I'm, you know, I'm vice president now, it's no secret. You know, it's like being assistant chief. You want to be chief someday. And someday Bob Wardway will step down, and hopefully the, the people will see that we've been doing a good job, and we'll just continue that progression. But, uh, you know, where we end up 20 years from now is anybody's guess. And, we're, you know, this money is, is, is collected through insurance companies. Your 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 home, if your homeowner or a business is insured for fire tax through an out-of-state insurance company, 2% of that premium is taxed and given to the New Jersey State Firemen's Association. And there's they're called ISO codes. So every town, the insured, then that number is written down so we have a track of where that money belongs. So when that money comes into the association, it, it gets earmarked, and we keep a percentage of it. I mean, we keep 48%, or now 48% goes out to the field, and 52% uh, stays with us, and that's how we pay the burial benefit. Oh, you I know, see, I see. Almost okay. every, almost every, I would say almost every two weeks, we put out like 400000 in burial benefits. Wow. You know, yeah, it's, it's, last year we did $10 million, but the, you know, starting since January, the exec, the uh, advisory board sitting down, you go through these and, and we're finding, you know, it's like 400 grand. And we started keeping track of the cancer just because, you know, at some point I, I'm sure we're, we're going to convince the legislature that, you know, cancer is, is, is a product of the job, yeah. you know, it, 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 there's no way to get around it. Mm -hmm. So it, are we going to run into that, that point where we're having uh, line of duty deaths for cancer, you know, so are we going to be paying triple out? And I'm not saying, you know, they're not deserving. We just need to see where we're going to be yeah, and, and make sure we have yeah. enough money coming in. Right. Um, have you had to go out to, you know, I mean, do you have, you had to do research on, Firefighters have died and said, "Hey, knock on the door. Hey, you know you're entitled to this benefit. You you should take advantage of this." It's it's, it's really interesting that you're saying that. Uh, one of the things when we we came in, uh, we wanted to have we moved to a new office. Obviously, we were in Kenilworth. We came down. All the records came down. Some records were shredded up there, but the membership applications we kind of keep forever until somebody passes away. So during the process of filing these, I'm looking at some of these, and you know. There's hundred year old firemen. I'm like, this isn't happening. So we we started pulling out applications that were old, and we start you know you find a grave, uh, and we got to the point where we actually bought the ancestry program for one of the girls in the office. So she's going through these, and we're you know there's we have firefighters that their kids are 78 years old that had no idea there was a burial benefit. And they were entitled to it. Now, at the time, it was $3,000 or $500, but it's something. It's something for the family. And, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and, and I think a lot of times it lets the family know they were recognized, you know. You, uh, so, yeah, that does happen. I, I, you know, you know, it's not morbid, but, like, I go through the obits, and 
I only get the paper on Sunday because I have a thing with the, the newspaper. Uh, I've, I've had a reporter report something that I told was wrong, and they shocker. They, 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 they printed it anyway, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. But I get the Sunday paper because the uh, TV guide is in it, and you know, I go to the dollar store, I get it for a dollar, so I'm beating them out of the, the, the other two dollars. I, I feel good about it. So, <laughs> so uh, but I go through the obits, and anytime I see a firefighter, I cut it out. I go into the office. Anytime I see a firefighter, I make sure they're in the relief association. I know, that's I'm kind awesome. of crazy about that. That's great. Um, so there was a firefighter, paid guy. Uh, I think it was orange. But uh, at any rate, I look it up. The funeral was that, that Monday. So I tell the girl, I said, get all the paperwork together. I'm going to go to the funeral. I see the son. I, I'm like, this, they had no idea. There's, at that time, it was $10,000. Your father's entitled to this burial benefit. Fill out the paperwork. Have your mother sign it. Goes to the widow. And and he's like, are you kidding me? I said, no. He said, that's going to cover everything. I said, well, it's good. That's what we're here for. You know, that's, yeah. if we can do that, I'm happy for you. Now, was was he a firefighter as well? He was a paid, no, he wasn't. Okay, so, so yes. there is a perfect example of how you made a difference in this, yeah. fam- oh, in this yeah. firefighter's family's life. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yeah. That's huge. You know, and, and sometimes you'll see where they pass away. We'll get the, the burial benefit in, and you'll see where they were They were actually in a nursing home, and they weren't taking advantage of Bootin. the health care program. Yeah. Or Booten. Or Booten, right? Booten's the other one, you know. Right now, Booten's a little tight. They're going through, they're building a wing for Alzheimer's. So they're, there's no waiting list right now, but I think they're, you know, they're, they're on the edge of what they can accept. Uh, but you know, once I, they're they're hoping to be up and running with that Alzheimer's wing, I think by September of this year, 2020. Right. So if that's that's good, you know, yeah. The more, absolutely. We've always said to them, we want to see that place full. There should be no reason not to have an empty bed. That, that yeah. place full. Yeah. yeah. Especially because you know, they're like we said before. You know, there's firefighters somewhere that aren't that they're not getting the care they deserve. Right. They put all this time in and all their heart and soul into an organization somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not. Except they're not taking those yeah. benefits. Yeah. yeah. So, is that is that one of the the goals that you have in the association to get to bring more awareness to what it is you do? Yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure everybody knows about us. We, we're we're making pamphlets. We're handing pamphlets out everywhere we go. The healthcare pamphlet, the uh, the Farmers Relief Association pamphlet, with the burial benefit listed. You know, um, and you know, and that that goes through one through seven. Um, I'm hoping to rework that those numbers a little bit, but you know, the currently, one month to one year, if something happens, you, you're eligible for six thousand dollars. So you know, a new guy coming into the firehouse, something happens, you're on a fire, and now you, well, if it happens on a fire, it's line three of duty, times, right? You would actually go three times the full amount. We we kick you right up to the full amount, and it's three times the full amount if something happens, to line of duty all the time. But if you were to pass away, you know, just driving in a car accident, you know, we had a guy, unfortunately. Uh, motorcycle accident uh, ended up passing away and you know his family he didn't save for a funeral he was a younger guy and so you know it helped him out but that's that's what we want to do that's what we want to get out there that's great and we're trying to do this and, and you know I'm hoping to work with you down the road and, and make some YouTube videos that we can actually show the officers how to fill out the paperwork and do things that way so yeah, anything the, to make it a little easier process, for the yeah. process is easier for the uh, members. Yeah, that that would so. be a good thing. I mean, you know, it, again, the information is there. It's just a matter of getting, getting it out, out. Getting people it out. Know. Yeah. yeah. How, how is the 
you know, I mentioned you mentioned to me how it uh, this all came about, how the association even yeah, became so, a thing. You know, and and uh, 1885, you know, there uh, Spencer Bird was the he's actually the second president. When you read the history, there was actually a Newark fireman that started these, but before it got incorporated, it was uh, Spencer Bird became the uh, president. But he's he was big in the war, uh, and I think he saw these Civil War vets coming back, having no place to live, and uh, and, and needing stuff. So, he, and a lot of the Civil War guys were uh, their fire companies were how they were put together as units. And uh, as I said, you you can go to Gettysburg, and you'll actually see some of the uh, monuments to some of the, the the groups where you know the guys are wearing firemen's helmets. You That's know, so they, interesting. They, yeah, you know if you if you were mustering up guys and you went to the firehouse because there are always guys that are willing to be involved in the first place and they all get together and they say, yeah, let's sign up, but we want to fight together because we, you know, we fight fires together and we want to be together when we're here. We know what we'd each, each, other, each other do. So, so and these guys are coming back and, you know, and I'm pretty sure that's how the Fireman's Home got started as well. He, he was looking for a place because shortly after the Fireman's Association was formed, the Fireman's Home became like his second project that was great yeah i'm talking about giving back wow yeah yeah so it started with just a bunch of firemen yeah yeah yep firemen getting together and and this tax money was coming in originally this tax money went right to each fire company and oh okay yeah and that you know whatever reason i don't know how you know uh, they started wanting it to come to the to a central location, so that the state probably office, easier to manage it that yeah. way. Yeah. So the state office came together and, and began managing that. And anytime you can call the office seven o'clock, uh, you know, the president, vice president, um, secretary, and the field examiner—they're all going to be in the office. We all start at seven o'clock. I'm usually there six thirty. Um, but you know, you call in the office seven o'clock, you're going to get one of us. We stay till two. The girls stay till four. Um, but, what's what's you know, some you of the typical get, questions you'll get? from people calling in? Uh, well, this time of year, it's all the treasurers are calling in because they got to get their financials done. And, you know, and thank you for getting them done early because if you wait till the last minute, Jim can only answer so many questions. You know, we can only answer so many questions. I, I answer questions too, but, you know, everybody wants to talk to the field examiner because he's the last set of eyes before it gets done. And uh, he can only do so much. And, and, you know, the other day we had somebody come in and they sat down because they couldn't prove out. And, you know, it's important you're talking... Some some cases, you know, a couple a million dollars. In some cases, it's four hundred thousand. So, at any rate, it's a lot of money, and you want to be right. And the treasurers don't want to be, you know, causing any any problems. So yeah, no, of course. They sit down. We go through the whole. <clears throat> excuse me. We go through the whole thing, and uh, you know, it turns out a lot of times the, the problems are with the bonds. Uh, they they count the the bond money. As, as money that came into the association, but it's really not theirs until they cash it out. Right, right, right. So, you know, this guy was off 10 grand. He said, oh, everybody's going to think I stole 10, 10 grand. No, <laughs> here it is. It's right here. Yeah, it's uh, there. You just got to unfold, yeah, you unfold gotta, it. Right. You got to know where, where to look. Right. And so, you know, now that's a lot of the questions we, we deal with. Um, the burial benefit, sometimes, you know, uh, the, the advisory board has the last say. But what we like to hear from is the, the trustees. The lo- and that, this is why the Farmers Association is successful, in, in my opinion. Um, 
it's not me saying whether you need relief. It's your own guys. Right. The people and who should know. They're the people who know you. They right. know what's going on. Right. I mean, we've had a case where uh, a gentleman, uh, you know, was on a Disney cruise. He, he ended up going to the Firemen's Association in Wildwood. He wasn't a delegate, but he wanted, you know, he wanted to live it up. And then he comes back to the firehouse and puts in for relief. And and the guy's like, no, you, you went on a vacation. You went to Wildwood. That's good. Spend the, you, you spend the money like it's, you have you know, to have checks and balances. You can't have people taking advantage of, of something that you know right. something. I mean that's terrible. You need to take advantage of something right. like that. And that's you know, and, and your that's, brothers need and brothers sisters need it. Right. And that's that's why this system I think works so well. Um, if it were Joe Hankins coming to your firehouse and telling you, no, oh, he don't need relief, you, you would get offended. But it's your own people, and and they know whether you need it or not because they they know what's going on in your life. Right. And right. And like. You, the unfortunate thing is, is there's often people that need it that don't put in for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, occasionally you get that guy that thinks he's entitled to everything and maybe shouldn't have it. But you know. Unfortunately, they're yeah, out there. Right? They are. They're, they're out there. But, uh, but it's good that there's checks and balances within the within the association, the rules. Yeah. Do you uh, meet with all the different all the different trustees in, every year or monthly, or how do you guys do that? We do set up, well... One of the things we started working on more is, uh, uh, the, for lack of a better term, educational session. We'll sit down and we'll actually sit, you know, invite everybody from the county in and we'll run through a PowerPoint. This is how your association should be running. This is what we do. This is what we expect on these forms. Good. Pretty much what I'd like to set up with you to do on YouTube down the road uh, so that, the, you know, the membership can actually just go to a YouTube site. But... You to know, make it easier. Everybody can't make it on that one day, but it's it's important that we do, you know, education. These people have to know what's going on. So at those sessions, yeah, we'll see people. Um, we see them in Wildwood. You know, we're walking around. Guys will come up to us. But you know, other than that, it, it's we do a, uh, a field exam every three years, where we sit down and the treasurer, secretary, often the president. We hope the trustees show up. And, and, you know, that's where they get to, t- to see some executive committee members. And we look at their books. We look at the finances. We look at the minutes. And we make sure all the documents are, are the way they're supposed to be. Right. Um, the year-end report, we get that every year. And, and, and f- it's that's usually pretty successful with catching somebody that's going to take advantage of the system. And uh, unfortunately, we have that. So uh, most recently, was there was one up north where the treasurer uh, helped himself to some funds. And... Yeah, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate yeah. when that happens because, you know, the the vast majority right. are honorable people yeah. doing honorable things. And then you get that one knucklehead the, and, on, and then, you know, society looks at us as a whole right. and says, oh, they're, you know, the drunk firemen are stealing the money stealing again. The and, fire, you know, yeah, yeah. and yep. it, it's a shame because that's not the case. The, the vast majority of every organization locally. Uh, yeah. They're yeah. professionals. They're, they're outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun to work with them, and it's, I enjoy it. Um, and that's you know, it seems up north. The, the big thing up north is uh, they they have inspection dinners, and inspection parades, and you know it's it's kind of cool. They, they they go out and they they dress up in the uh, their full dress uniform, and you know the, the the mayor and council can actually come by and inspect the, the trucks and the and yeah. The uniforms. I see, I've seen a lot of that. Cool. It's, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's kind of neat, but uh, you don't see as much of that down here, but. Um, so you know, you go to these events, and that's when you see people, and they talk to you, and it's it's one on one, and it's kind of easy to con- converse with people and, and get your point across. So, and they're not afraid to ask you about what's going on, you know. 
if, if there's one thing you could uh, could say to someone watching right now, or even maybe a fire company is not involved, what, what what is the one advice you can give before I get you off this hot seat? What's one <laughs> advice you can give? I guess just you know get in, get involved with your association, be active with it, show up. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the problems we hear is you're only you only permitted three reps for every fire company, and that and that's an important aspect of the association as well. But that doesn't mean you can't show up and voice your opinion. Or listen. Know, or listen. Exactly. The the fire company puts the representatives in place. So if you're at your, your fire company meeting and you see these three reps and, and you're going to the meetings and they're not, throw your ring throw your name in a hat. Throw you know, jump into the ring and say, Hey, I know I want to be. It's just like lineoffs for you know, for right. volunteer companies, exactly. line offs position. Be involved. Be involved yeah. in the process, see what it's about and, and you know, I think it's important that they, just like anything else, be involved with the organization. You know, it's like a sub-organization in, in the fire service, but that, that three-rep rule is important for companies that, like Manchester Township, we have Whiting, Ridgeway, and Manchester. They each get three reps, and we have one exempt association, which produces another three reps. Those are the people that actually get to vote on the association business. Right. And, you know... Some people seem to think that life members should be able to vote. Well, you're not a life member of your local relief association. You're a life member of the convention. The the convention. Oh, the convention, right, right. You make 10 sessions at a convention, you're considered a life member of the convention. So, and that's the way that works. And and it's important because even, even if we let the life member thing work out that way, you could have 10 life members from one company show up and three from the other two and they they're going to push everybody has three it's equal you know and if the guys aren't showing up they're supposed to be showing up then get new people in there get the guys that want to show up and that's what we need to do we need to push that that aspect of the representatives that and so. trying to get you know some of these younger members yeah, uh, definitely involved and you know make sure you know what your <laughs> what your association and make sure you know who your representatives are that's important right. within your company um, and, and again, one of the things you mentioned early on, which I think is important, is it's not just volunteer companies. It's career departments, too. Sure. Right? It's, yeah. Firefighters, you, gotta be, you can be involved. Yeah. So and that's and good. what we see with the paid departments is, you know, a lot of times at the end of the day, they want to get out of there, and they don't, there's no requirement to live in town anymore. So for them to come back, you know, for a relief meeting, not, not, it's tough. Not, yeah. yeah, it's not convenient. Because you got because, union meetings and every other and, thing. Yeah, and like you say, you know, they're doing that job. They're doing another job. You know, I, I don't, I don't know any paid guy that's not got another job. Yeah, I mean, everyone that I know to. has something. Yeah, something. You're yeah, doing something else. So. Or they're volunteering somewhere too. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're committed and, you know, that's how it is all all the way around. There's people are working two jobs and. Juggling yeah. families, and yeah. it's not like it used to be. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not like you could just have one job and, and deal with it. You know, it's. So how does uh, how do people find out about the association? Where can they go? They have a website that the, they can. The www.njsfa.com. Okay, and then you That's, said you have an office in Wall, right? The, the office is in Wall, okay. seventeen eleven Route thirty four Wall. We're right by the airport, Airport Road, and and right on the intersection, we have a blue roof and three flagpoles. Only building blue roof. with that. Yeah, blue roof. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you having me. You know, it was great to uh, learn a little bit about the, the history of this truck, which was pretty cool. You know, I couldn't think of a better piece to sit in front yeah, of. This yeah, thing is bad. This is nice. It's yeah. badass. It's cool. awesome. But, uh, again, thanks. I appreciate you explaining a little bit about the uh, relief because, you know, 
quite frankly, I didn't know much about it either. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I felt like it was as educational for me as well. Uh, and I've been doing this a long time, so I know there's others out there that probably aren't aware of a lot of the benefits that you have to offer. Good. Hopefully they're watching, you yeah. know, pick Hope. it up. and cool. That's good. So any questions, um, that's how you find them. Make sure you check out the website so you understand what that's about. Um, I appreciate you sticking out with us. We're about, about an hour. Um, and if you have any questions, by all means, reach out to Joe Hankins or reach out here. to the association. And, and again, like your own companies, uh, ask around. Ask what it's about so you have more more informed information out there. Thanks again for watching. I got some more episodes coming at you. Stay safe and look out for each other. Bye.